recording. Okay. So I will start by saying, Oma Jnana Dimadandasya, Jnanam Jana Shalakaya, Chakshuraminatam Yena, Tasmai Shigurave Nama, Shri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam, Stapitam Yena Bhutale, Svayam Rupakadamahyam, Tadati Svapadantikam, Nama Om Dishnupadaya, Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale, Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Itinam, Namaste Sarasvati Dele, Gauravani Prachadine, Gepishesha Shunyavadi, Paschatyadishatani, Panchakalpatrubhyascha, Kripa Sindhubhya Evachanam, Patitanam Pavanevyo, Vaishnavevyo Hey Krishna, Karana Sindhu, Dinabandhu, Jagatpate, Gopesha Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta Namasute, Tata Kanchana Gorangi, Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Rishabhan Sute Devi, Pranamami, Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gora Bhakta Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, greetings to everyone from Talasari Maharashtriya. Maharashtra in India, North Maharashtra. I am situated at a place called Nilachal Vedic Farm, Vedic Village, uh, which is the farm project con connected with Iskan Juhu. Mumbai, and it's about two hours drive north from Mumbai, and I'm happy that we can at least connect in this way. Um, just trying to open one screen. Okay, here we are. Um, um, of course, very much in front of our minds, I think practically everyone these days is about this condition, material condition, um, manifesting the adibotic, perhaps adidaivic and adiatmic miseries manifesting as a highly contagious virus which seems to be quite dangerous and which has this uh, interesting feature of being invisible uh, virus is a kind of entity that's extremely small. They say one-tenth of a micron in size, which is, um, how to say, it's very small. One, It's one-tenth the size of 
uh, most bacteria, from what I understand. Um, and despite its small size, it has great power to affect our health. And uh, there's a, a kind of irony that this virus has extended its power uh, to force us all into various degrees of isolation. And so we could say that um, we are united in our isolation. <clears throat> so it's a kind of paradox. Uh, we all, the whole world, uh, have this common common situation, and in this way we can say it is uh, uniting us, and perhaps, uh, at least for some time, removing all of our differences. But at the same time, it's dividing us, it's keeping us all apart. Uh, it's keeping us apart, but fortunately not completely apart. Uh, at least we have some capacity, some ability to connect uh, in this electronic way. So it's a kind of connection from a distance. So, uh, I wanted to come to Ukraine. We were making so many plans. But, Sheila Prabhupada so many times would say, this is our plan, now let us see what is Krishna's plan. So now we've seen Krishna's plan was different from our own, but okay, Hare Krishna, we all adjust. Okay, um, my thanks to Tirtamai Devi Dasi for her enthusiasm to organize this uh, online gathering of which uh, we are all, in which we are all simultaneously separate and united. Thank you, Thank you, Guru Maharaj. <laughs> um, my pleasure. And we have some questions to start off with. Uh, Tirtamayi has presented a question, actually two questions. One from uh, Bhagavad Gita. Actually, three questions. One from Bhagavad Gita and two other questions. So let's start with Bhagavad Gita. Um, Tirtamayi, you're asking about chapter 14, verse 26. This is a, a verse which Srila Prabhupada quoted quite often. Mamchayo avyavicharena bhakti yogena sevate Sadhunan samatityaitan Brahm Brahma Bhuyaya Kalpate. In English, one who engages in full devotional service, unfailing in all circumstances, at once transcends the modes of material nature and thus comes to the level of Brahman. Um, your question here is not 
so clear, not so specific. You're saying, please explain this first. Um, I think the key idea is to emphasize the power of bhakti yoga. Uh, bhakti yoga, and then uh, it's mm, specified avyavichari uh, bhakti yoga, or uh, Prabhupada translates without fail. <clears throat> the a bi abicharana. So charana has the sense of activity, of moving, also walking. And uh, abicharana, we could say, is something like engagement, being, being engaged. And the prefix v has the sense of out or away. Uh, so it, vyabhichara would, would be a, a disruption of engagement or disengagement. And then avyabhichari, uh, this makes it a negative. So it's a kind of double negative. <clears throat> Not disengaged. <laughs> by, by, by bhakti yoga, which is not disengaged. Uh, bhakti yoga, um, and then it's in the instrumental instrumental case, uh, which has this sense of by means of or through. So by means of bhakti yoga, uh, mom, I am served, save a day. One who, yaha, and we have this relative correlative, yaha and saha. One who is engaged um, in bhakti yoga to me. And there's a cha here, with an and, which means it's uh, being connected to the previous verse or verses. So it's kind of continuation. Um, engages in service, saw that person mm, kalpate becomes Brahma Bhuyaya, Brahma Bhuya becomes uh, situated in Brahman or elevated to Brahman, and that situation is Gunan Samatitya Etan. Uh, Samati, gunan samatitya. Etan gunan samatitya. Yeah. So these, these gunas, because the whole chapter has been talking about the gunas, and uh, how we are affected by the gunas, in various ways, the three gunas. Etan <clears throat> gunan uh, samatitya, samatitya. The verbal root, I think, is e in English, uh, spelled with an i, it becomes samati. Ati means beyond or over. So going, uh, going over some completely. Here in the prefix, some is uh, the sense of complete, completely transcending. So again, the emphasis is that uh, by engaging in devotional service, um, and being not disengaged from devotional service, one will uh, transcend the, the gunas. 
how does that work? Well, if Krishna is beyond the modes of nature, and if one is engaged in the service of Krishna, that means one is engaged, one is connected with he who is beyond the modes of nature. And so, uh, we could say he is pulling us out of, it is Krishna who is pulling us above the modes of nature. Uh, he holds us. We hold on to him. He holds on to us. Just checking one message here. Okay. Um, yeah, so Srila Prabhupada explains that the entire Bhagavad Gita is about bhakti yoga, even though uh, it talks about karma yoga and jnana yoga and dhyana yoga and sannyasa yoga and uh, all the different kinds of yoga. But actually it's all about bhakti yoga because without bhakti, nothing, without bhakti there's no yoga. Uh, there's no real connection. Connection or linking, joining, uh, this is the meaning of yoga, joining what to what or whom to whom. It's really about connecting ourselves with the Supreme Self, with the Supreme, supreme Person. And that means getting ourselves to our... Uh, constitutional position, and that means getting beyond the modes of nature. And the modes of nature are, our modes are qualities um, that serve the function of uh, keeping the material energy doing its job, uh, which is facilitate, facilitating conditioned souls uh, to do what they want with material energy or to think they're doing what they want. So to lift, to be lifted out beyond the modes of nature, that, that is what bhakti specifically is doing. So I don't know if that addresses the question about that verse, but that's what comes to my mind. And then you are asking, how to switch my consciousness to Krishna if I'm still under the influence of the modes of material nature? Well, maybe this is part of the same question. Yeah. Um, yes, this is a how can we question, <laughs> how to switch the consciousness. Um, well, an analogy might help, just like, uh, I don't know how the weather is there now, maybe you have some uh, clouds in the sky at present? We have some. Okay, some clouds are there. And sometimes it may be completely covered with clouds, the sky. So when the sky is covered with clouds, but it's daytime, you know the sun is there. Um, and you go about your activities knowing the sun is there. 
And despite the clouds being there, you can go about your activity. So in a similar way, even though we may feel influence of the modes of nature, we also know uh, that Krishna is there. And we, we go on doing our best to um, feel Krishna's presence. Sometimes the modes of nature will pull us very strongly. But even when we experience that strong pull, we can at the same time feel, oh, I'm being so strongly pulled by the modes of nature. And just being aware of that is some degree of Krishna consciousness. If we were not at all Krishna conscious, we would not be conscious that we are being pulled by the modes of nature. So that means there's already a connection to Krishna. And that connection is already a victory. And with every victory of remembering Krishna being connected, in some way, we should celebrate the victory. Now, there's a nice, because you use the word switch, there's a nice uh, suggestion from Mahatma Prabhu in his Japa affirmations. One of his affirmations says, I switch off my world. No, when I chant, I switch off my world and switch on Krishna's world. So you can imagine uh, a light switch. You turn it on, you turn it off, <clears throat> switch it on, switch it off. <clears throat> so as we chant, we can, we can make this affirmation. I am now switching off my world, my world of three modes of nature, my world of all my, uh, all my uh, various thoughts and feelings and hopes and fears and my very limited world confined in my, my very limited mental space. Now I'm chanting Hare Krishna, I'm switching off my world and switching on Krishna's world. And you may find that by practicing this affirmation, that as you chant, as you hear Krishna's names, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. You're actually opening yourself up to Krishna's world. Another analogy might be helpful, and that is swimming underwater. Uh, sometimes people use uh, a device, in English it's called a snorkel. Uh, it's, a, it's a tube, an air tube, uh, which you sort of insert in the mouth and cover the nose. And this tube goes up 
above the water so that while your head is underwater, you're breathing air from above the water. So here we are in this material world. We are underwater, so to say. We are we are in the midst of the three modes of nature that are always uh, shifting and changing. One, one mode is predominating and then another mode is predominating. Mm. How does the verse go? Rajas tamas chavibhuya satvam bhavati bharata. Rajas sattvam tamas chaiva tamas sattvam rajas At one moment it's rajagun, another moment it's tamagun, another moment it's sattvaguna. They're always uh, sort of wrestling with each other. But we have a tube, we have this uh, air pipe, so to say, which connects us with Krishna. And that, that breathing pipe is the Hare Krishna Mantra. But for the full effect of this chanting of Hare Krishna, we want to turn off our world and turn on Krishna's world, so to say. Switch on, switch off our world, switch on Krishna's world. Okay. Yes, Guru Maharaj. Yes, I should I should listen one time or two time more. Okay. So then you ask how to make a jump, a breakthrough to achieve the level of nishta. <laughs> hmm, indeed. It's another how to question. Well, it's also suggested in this verse. Also, we know Rupa Goswami is describing a progression. Bhava Tata Prema Dhiranchati Sadakamaha Ayam Prema Pradurbhave Bhavekrama. So it's a progression, and he says begin with Shraddha, with faith, work uh, to uh, progress to Bhajana Kriya, Sadhu Sangha Bhajana Kriya, and then the cessation of anartas, uh, and then like that we come to ruchi and then nishta. Nishta uh, has a sense of being very firm, being firmly, firmly situated in in Christian consciousness in avyavicharina-bhakti. But we could look at this in another way. Um, The example of a a plant and the seed of that plant. Uh, So if we think of a, a seed of whatever. I'm just now looking at, uh, we have papaya trees just out the window here, young papaya trees. And have you seen a papaya before? Yes, you've been in India, so you know papayas. They have these black seeds. So we know 
the nature of a seed is somehow or other, it's quite, really quite miraculous and mysterious, that potentially within that seed is the entire tree. From which then so many fruits are going to come, in which there are going to be so many more seeds of that same kind of tree. It's amazing. So if we think of this progression of bhakti, ado shraddha, we can think that within shraddha, within uh, within within this beginning faith, there's already nishta, there's already firm firmness in bhakti. It's already there and it's growing. And at the same time, taking the example of a, a plant or a tree, you cannot make the tree jump from being a seed or even a small plant to being a full flower-bearing tree. If you try to speed it up by, by pulling on it, uh, you're probably going to damage the tree. This is, uh, there's a, a saying like this in Chinese. They have these uh, four syllable sayings. I don't remember how it goes in Chinese, but uh, it's basically saying the, the f describing the foolishness of the farmer who in his impatience for his crop of whatever, of potatoes to grow, one day he goes out and tugs, he pulls on each of the sprouts that have come up. He pulls on them, and as a result, the next day when he goes out, he sees they're all dead. So can we jump to nishta? Well, if it means jumping over or avoiding any of the steps in between, maybe not. On the other side, if we think of uh, jumping as mm, the, da the Danish, uh, the 19th century Danish philosopher, Søren Kierkegaard, uh, he was a Christian theologian philosopher who famously spoke about the leap of faith. He was trying to understand just what exactly is uh, this, this activity of, of having religious faith. And he decided that between all the reasons that he could think of for believing and his actual belief, his actual faith, there was a gap. And the only way to cross that gap was to jump. <laughs> and this jumping is itself a kind of leap it's uh, the act of jumping is itself an act of uh, expressing faith. Because one is not um, relying on oneself, one is relying on the object of one's faith. So that takes that takes faith. That takes, uh, and again, it goes back to shraddha. The shraddha does not disappear with the first step. It's not that we we say ado shraddha, tata sadhu sangota. We leave off. Uh, we forget about faith when we come to sadhu sangha. 
No, faith is growing with Sadhu Sangha and it's growing more with Bhajana Kriya and it's growing more uh, with Anartha Nivritti and it's growing more uh, with Ruchi and so on. And then the stronger that faith is, uh, the the bigger leap we can make. We can we can take risks for Krishna. Does that make sense? Uh, thank you very much, Guru Maharaj. What means take risk? Uh, what means taking risk? Well. Uh, like a business per, a businessman, a businesswoman will make a risk by um, by investing some money in some new venture. It's a calculated risk. It means I'm 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 going to invest so much money. I don't know if it's going to bring profit or not. I Obviously, I hope it's going to bring profit. If it doesn't, okay, I've lost some money, but I haven't lost everything. So that would be a kind of calculated risk. Uh, then a blind risk would be sort of throwing oneself to some destiny without any proper understanding of what is what is what what we are doing so for each of us we each have our own uh, risk taking to do every day when we get up out of bed we're taking a risk <laughs> uh, and for each of us we experience uh, some limits to how much risk we feel we can take. What is an appropriate risk? Risk is when we do something not knowing. We, we cannot know what is the, going to be the result. Um, but uh, we, on the strength of our faith in Krishna, we know that something positive, something good will happen. It may not be what we expect, but it will be good. Um, taking a risk sometimes means doing something that no one else is doing. Especially in preaching, yeah? Yes, in preaching, we are, every time we approach someone, we're taking a risk. I understand. Thank you. Okay, let's see now. I had somewhere here some questions from Siddhartha. Let's see if I can find them. Uh, okay, well, he's asking something from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 8, verse number 2. Uh, this is a And this is uh, Maitreya Rishi is speaking. Uh, he's, got, he's speaking to Vidura and he's just beginning 
is beginning his speaking on the Bhagavatam. Pravartaye Bhagavatam Puranam. And the question has to do with the very last sentence of Srila Prabhupada's purport to this verse. Um, the, the purport sentence, last, last sentence is, Therefore, Sri Maitreya Muni, out of compassion for the suffering men in the world, proposes to speak on the Srimad Bhagavatam first and last. And the question is, what is meant by first and last? And he asks, why not, why not omit first and last? Or is it somehow important? Well, mm, this is a slightly, maybe archaic, archaic expression of Srila Prabhupada. Uh, archaic means sort of old-fashioned. That's how I would take it. Uh, to mean that he's intending to speak on the Srimad Bhagavatam and only the Srimad Bhagavatam. He's going to completely uh, focus his teaching on the teaching of Srimad Bhagavatam. So from another way of saying it might be from beginning to end. And it would seem that he's speaking about this because in the verse, in the third line, it says, Pravartaye Bhagavatam Puranam, Pravartaye in beginning. Uh, it could, as far as I can tell, also be a verb. I begin. Uh, in any case, so the in the so the verse has the idea of beginning there. I'm beginning to speak on the Bhagavatam, and um, and so Prabhupada is just kind of emphasizing this is going to be completely focused on the Bhagavatam. Another way of understanding this could be. Uh, from uh, the traditional system of Mimamsa philosophy in which the meaning of a text is determined by Shatlakshana, by six, six different characteristics. And I won't remember all of them now, but the first, the first one is what does the text say in the beginning and what does the text say at the end? So, for example, if I want to understand what the Bhagavatam is about, we can start with verse number one and then we can go to Canto 12, uh, chapter 13, verse whatever it is, uh, the last verse or the last few verses. It's not strictly the last and first verses, but general beginning and end. So how to understand what is the meaning of a text? One of the ways of knowing, according to Mimamsa philosophy, is by looking at what it says in the beginning and what it says at the end. Another characteristic, Lakshana, is what is repeated. And another characteristic is what is new, what is introduced new in the text. So these and a couple of other features uh, give us, uh, according to Mimamsa, how to understand a given text. And this can be applied in different, uh, how to say, well, different contexts. So I could 
I could look at the beginning and end of a chapter of the Bhagavatam in order to understand that chapter and so on. And this Mimamsa system is taken up. It's one aspect of Mimamsa uh, which has been um, adopted by Vedanta, by Vedanta philosophy. Uh, Kurva Mimamsa and uh, what is it? Later, Mimamsa. Okay, then uh, we don't have him here to answer my question because the next one I'm not quite sure what he's saying. He says in verse uh, Canto 3, chapter 8, verse 33 five causes of material creation which Brahma saw are mentioned but not stated. Are they the same that are mentioned in 3.28? So I went to Canto 3, chapter 20, verse 8, and I did not see any mention there of five causes. And so I don't know how to answer this. Um, it would take maybe some more time than I had to to research. I don't know what that, what that is referring to. Um, in Bhagavad Gita, in chapter 18, Krishna speaks about five factors of action. Um, this may be another thing, but he says, Adishtanam tatakarta karanam cha pitak vida vividais cha pitak cheshta daivam chaivatra panchamam. There are five factors in any action. There is adhisthana, there is the uh, the place or the uh, yeah, the the situation. There is the karta, uh, the actor, the agent. Uh, karanam, there are the senses. Then there is cheshta or endeavor, and the actual, actual endeavor, the actual activity, and finally there is daiva or uh, divine, the divine factor. Um, and of course, it's understood that. that uh, Divine presence is the final, finally decisive one, without which nothing else can happen. Um, so I don't know if that's what's being referred to here or not. Okay, then there's a question. In purport to 3.11.35, it is stated that the birth of Brahma is in March. Is there an exact date? <laughs> Well, my answer to that is, if there is, I don't know what it is. And um, I guess I would have a second question. What does it matter? I suppose it would be interesting to know if we wanted to celebrate his birth, we could have, uh, we could have a Brahma Abhirbhava Titi. We could have Brahma Janma Titi, um, but um, I don't know if that is mentioned anywhere. Maybe it is. Maybe in the Brahma Vaivarta Purana. And then he is asking again, going back. No, uh, not again. Going to Canto 2, Chapter 8, Verse 24, Maharaj Parikshit pleased for the Lord to remember that he is a soul surrendered to him. Is it a proper mode and for what kind of devotees and in which cases? So I guess the question is, 
is it all is it all right is it appropriate to ask the lord to remember uh, that one is his surrendered soul and i guess the general answer to that is yes um, we have also in the ishopanishad in the final verses there's a kind of prayer in which the devotee is requesting the Lord to remember him uh, so at the time of death uh, that he may be remembered by the Lord. Also, there's a verse, uh, let's see, uh, in, in the Archana, worship of the Lord, there are several mantras, mantra hinam, kriya hinam, Bhakti Hinam Janardana Yat Pujitam Maya Deva Paripurnam Tarastume, whatever mantras I've chanted or not chanted, whatever I've done in terms of ritual, Paripurnam Tarastume, please make that complete. Vidhi Hinam Mantra Hinam Yat Kinchida Paparitam Priya mantra vihinamba tat sarvam shantum arhasi. Whatever, uh, whatever rituals and whatever activities I've done, please forgive any incompleteness. Uh, uh, there's another verse which I'm not remembering now. In any case, there's a verse requesting the Lord, Pratigya. Uh, uh, Okay, this one may, this may be it. Pratigya tavagovinda name bhakta pranashati iti sangsmitya sangsmitya pranan sandarayam yahum. Well, it's not quite it, but it's saying, my dear Lord, you have promised uh, to protect your devotee. So remembering this, sangsmitya sangsmitya. <clears throat> Uh, is sustaining my life. It is sustaining me. It is sangsmitya sangsmitya. Pranan darayam yaham. It is sustaining my life. Um, the general sense also is expressed in uh, Bhagavad Gita, chapter 18, verse 66. Sarvadharman Parityaja, Maamekam Sharanam Raja, Ahang Tvang Sarvapapedyo Mokshaishyami Mahasucha. This is uh, described or explained by the uh, Sri Vaishnava tradition that this is uh, expressing prapati. Prapati means it goes back to the idea of the leap of faith. I'm now surrendering to the Lord, I'm throwing myself in the shelter of the Lord, I'm giving up trying to perfect myself by my own effort and I'm simply depending on the Lord. So this prayer or Lord Brahma's request uh, is seems to be in that spirit. Please remember that I am your surrendered soul. So is that appropriate for devotees to have that? Well, we we can certainly aim in that direction. <laughs> Hare Krishna. So that's um, I hope those are, I hope I addressed all the questions uh, to some extent. I did what I could with them. Hare Krishna. Let's see, what shall we speak about now? Maybe Volodymyr has a, has a question. Yeah, Hare Krishna. 
Thank you. Um, uh, it, the question came to my mind. Um, you said that there are, uh, the nature gives, uh, the question is about the modes of nature. Yeah. So the na nature gives uh, facilities for the soul, yeah? Yes. And uh, is it necessary that um, having this knowledge about the modes of nature, um, we are uh, entangled in those modes? We can see different facilities for us, yes? But uh, is it um, um, uh, does it mean we, we are in the in these modes when we have this this knowledge? I mean, we we don't do things we used to did uh, because we are having this knowledge about the modes of nature, and we are trying to be in the mode of uh, goodness. Yeah, at least. Yeah, being being aware, being aware of the modes of nature already indicates that we're very much in the mode of goodness, uh, because we have some power to discriminate the modes of nature. So just reading Bhagavad Gita, hearing Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is giving some analysis distinguishing modes of nature, it empowers us to uh, resist the lower modes and pursue the mode of goodness. And all of this, making these distinctions is possible because we are, we are uh, we may be still partially in the modes of nature, but we're also hearing from beyond the modes of nature. Krishna also says, one who hears this conversation is worshipping me by his intelligence. And intelligence is very close to the Atman, to the self, to the soul. So, so the clouds are clearing. Influence of the clouds may be there, but the clouds are also clearing. So we have more freedom of choice. The more one is in, the more we're governed by the mode of ignorance, the less freedom we have the less power of choice. And the more we are in the atmosphere of the mode of goodness, illumination, lightness, um, knowledge, the more we are free to actually choose. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> Does it mean uh, um, we are we are in this way uh, somehow connected to Krishna? Yes. Well, we're always connected with Krishna. We're just sometimes more, sometimes less uh, covered, but we're always connected with Krishna because we're always um, we are. We are a, a particular kind of emanation from Krishna. The example of the sparks of light, uh, or the rays of light from the sun. So we are connected like a, like a ray of light is connected to the sun. Um, but we are more or less, we are more or less covered. When we are less covered, we are more conscious of the connection. And when we're more con more covered, we're less conscious of the connection. Krishna is 
giving us memory, knowledge, and forgetfulness, sarvasya chaham, ridisan nevishta, matasmritir gyanam apohanam. He's giving us all of this. Why? Because he is present in the heart. So every time we remember anything, we remember how to speak the language that we know. And that's a memory that's coming ultimately from Krishna. And that's indicating a connection with Krishna. Remembering how to tie our shoes. <laughs> and every little thing, whatever. Uh, these are all indications of our connection. Okay, I hope I get, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I have another question. Um, um, is bhakti? I mean, uh, there are many devotees who are engaged in service, uh, but they don't have um, a spiritual uh, uh, teacher, a guru. Uh, so, I'm curious if uh, it can be uh, named as bhakti. Does it uh, have the same effect? as uh, for the devotees who uh, engage in devotional service uh, through their spiritual master. Well, even we say we are not connected, one may not have, um, <clears throat> one may not have a guru formally. At the same time, um, Srila Prabhupada once said, anyone who is regularly chanting Hare Krishna, ah, we have a visitor. Bhankabhi Hari Shyamdas has just arrived. <clears throat> um, Prabhupada once said that anyone who is chanting Hare Krishna has received the mercy of Lord Chaitanya. So, if someone has received the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, I would say that person is, if they're at all serious in their engagement, that person is in the shelter of, of engagement in bhakti. And bhakti is an ongoing process. Uh, we, we tend to think of the process in sort of short terms, like, you know, a matter of a few years maybe. Um, but if we think in a bigger scale, if we think about bhakti going on even and progressing, progressing from before this life possibly and through this life and then into the next life and onward. And even, even Krishna's devotees in Vrindavan, he's also engaging them in such ways that they are experiencing uh, new unfolding of bhakti. So bhakti is dynamic. And so we can say a person who may appear to be not connected with, with uh, a guru may actually be connected, but not outwardly. Uh, Prabhupada also said, Guru is one, in his, uh, one of his Vyasa Pujas. Guru is one. Some recognize and acknowledge and accept him 
and some do not. So uh, we can understand that as, as meaning Krishna is the original guru and anyone representing Krishna is just that, representing the one guru. And so a person who is taking up Krishna consciousness seriously is following the one guru through, of course, in general, we can say through the instructions of founder Acharya, if they're engaged in association of ISKCON devotees, then, then uh, they're connected to Srila Prabhupada through Shiksha. So that, I think we should give the benefit of the doubt. We should not say, oh, this person is not officially uh, in the club. <laughs> we should rather be more inclusive. Everyone who is inspired regularly engaging in service, taking uh, seriously. We can say they are participating in the whole process of bhakti. That's that's my understanding. Um, I appreciate your explanation. So I think we'll end here for now. It's uh, starting to get a little late here, and we'll we can discuss. We might do this again. Maybe wider audience. One possibility may be to do this with Facebook. There is this uh, function called Facebook Live. So we may be able to do it with that. We'll have to see. We will be happy. Huh? We will be happy again meet you, Guru Maharaj. <laughs> okay, that was a little unclear, but thank you very much. And Shiva Prabhupada. Yeah, all glories to Guru and Gauranga. Thank you for this special mercy. Guru Premanande, our humble obeisances, Guru Maharaj. Thank you. Thank you.